Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, March 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. airline CEOs are seeing sunny days ahead after a big weekend for U.S. air travel, and companies are offering to plant trees to entice environmentally conscious shoppers. But first, Chinese companies are coming up with a way to get around a new privacy feature that Apple's about to offer its iPhone users. There could be a massive confrontation brewing between Apple and some of China's biggest tech companies. The FT's Patrick McGee broke the story and will tell us more. I'm Mark Filipino. Here's the news you need to start your day. Apple's planning on updating its iPhones, and a big change deals with privacy. Apps that gather tracking data will have to ask users for permission to do that. But the FT reports that some of China's tech giants are testing a tool that would bypass the new privacy rules. Those companies include TikTok owner ByteDance and Tencent, and they'd be able to continue tracking iPhone users without consent. I've got the FT's Patrick McGee on the line to tell me more about this story. Patrick, why is this such a big deal? So time will tell, but I think there could be a massive confrontation brewing between Apple and some of China's biggest tech companies, including two government-affiliated groups. So the question is, does Apple turn a blind eye to this tool as it gets more widely used, or do they enforce their rules, which are very clear, that if you use alternatives to the iPhone ID called the IDFA, your app can be blocked from the App Store, if not booted out of the App Store entirely. So, Patrick, why would these big Chinese companies want to get around the privacy rules in the first place? If you get around the privacy prompts, you get to maintain the status quo, which is very lucrative. So over the last 10 or more years, a very big business has developed around tracking how users take action from one app to another and then aggregating that data finding out more about the users and targeting them with specific advertisers. The result of this is that, you know, lounge pants advertisements go to the people that are lounging around, marathoning shoes go to the people that have conducted races, that sort of thing. Apple doesn't like this, at least insofar as they don't like that users have not ever consented to this. So in their next iOS update, it's basically going to say on, let's say, Instagram, hey, Instagram tracks you as you go from app to app so that they can personalize ads for you. Are you okay with that? And experts basically think something like 70, 80% of people are going to say no. If they all say no, then the entire basis for this lucrative advertising business online sort of falls apart. So the entire thing is known as the IDFA, that's the iPhone user ID. And that's no longer going to be accessible to an entire advertising ecosystem. So if I understand this correctly, Apple puts in this prompt, Businesses are unhappy about it, so they're trying to get around it. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. So, Patrick, what exactly are these companies doing? How are they going to get around Apple's new privacy feature? State-backed groups, including the China Advertising Association, which has 2,000 members, and uh, a research institute that directly reports to a government ministry, have come up with an alternative to the iPhone ID with something called CAID. I just call it CAID because I have to say it so many times. And it is a direct violation of Apple's guidelines for how developers and advertisers can track you. It does not ask for permission, and there is no opt-out. So it could not be more of a challenge to what Apple is trying to roll out. And the big question is, how will Apple respond? And what's really interesting is 
Apple will not comment on Cade directly to me, but they say there are no exceptions anywhere. That implies that they're going to go after some of China's biggest tech companies that are already testing this. We've got that confirmed for ByteDance and Tencent. Um, and those apps could be blocked from the App Store. Patrick McGee is the FT San Francisco correspondent. He covers Apple for the FT. As COVID restrictions ease, Americans are taking to the air again. This past weekend, about two and a half million passengers took off their belts and shoes and went through U.S. airport checkpoints. That's according to the Transportation Security Administration, or TSA. Nearly 1.4 million traveled on Friday, making it the single biggest day for air travel since last March 15th. The FT's Claire Bushy reports that the airline executives are cautiously optimistic. Scott Kirby, the CEO of United, has been sort of persistently pessimistic in the short term when it comes to the pandemic. He was sounding more optimistic as he announced that United is going to be core cash burn zero for March. So is it just this past weekend's numbers that's making them feel better? Or are there other factors that they're taking into account right now? It's also about the bookings. Ed Bastian, who's the CEO of Delta, was saying that daily net sales for the first couple of weeks of March, which is their ticket sales minus any refunds they have to give, that is about 30% higher than where it was for the average for February. And also they're seeing more bookings that are 60 days out. Could you say that this would be considered a turning point for the airline industry? I think that might be overstating it a little bit. You know, it's a little bit of a rosy picture that's being painted here. When United talks about being, you know, core cash burn positive, they say they're going to stop burning cash. That figure omits some pretty substantial payments, like paying down their debt, paying severance costs to employees who've left the company. It's a little bit like saying, as, as a colleague remarked on Twitter, that, you know, I, too, am wildly cash flow positive if you omit my mortgage payment. Consumer brands have a new lure for environmentally conscious shoppers. Tree planting, as in buy our beer and we'll plant a sapling for you. Companies could plant tens of millions of trees as they try to seduce consumers with their sustainability efforts. The FT's climate reporter Camilla Hodson has been looking into this and she joins me now. So, Camilla, what companies are doing this? Consumer brands have hopped on the bandwagon a little bit recently as consumers have got more climate conscious. And so just recently you saw Brewdog, the craft beer company, they promised that they would plant one tree in Madagascar each time a multi-pack of beer was sold. The beauty group Garnier, which is owned by L'Oreal, also said last year that they would plant a tree each time certain skin and hair care products were sold. But it's also gone beyond consumer brands. So Eurostar, the train operator, for example, did something similar. And a couple of banks have also done something similar, um, for example, Coots. Okay, but you know, how much of this actually helps the environment? I think it's really hard to tell and quite project dependent. The act of planting responsibly and maintaining trees is definitely an environmental benefit. It has all sorts of benefits, not just carbon related, but also for the biodiversity of an area. So if you're doing it right, that's fantastic. But there's such a wide range of things that can go wrong, which is part of the problem. And one of the issues with doing this wrong is that it can turn quite quickly into greenwashing. And with the best will in the world, 
companies can buy into schemes that they think are fantastic and they think are kind of compensating for some of the environmentally damaging work they might be doing. And in reality, they're not. And so you get into this tricky situation where people think they're having a bigger impact than they actually are. Camilla Hodson is the FT's climate reporter. One quick note on this. Even with all the planting by companies, deforestation means there are still more trees being lost than added every year. And before we go, Elon Musk has a new title. Musk is now known as the techno king of Tesla. No joke, it's on his Twitter profile and it's in the company's latest SEC filing. Tesla's CFO, Zach Kirkhorn, has a new title too. He'll be known as master of coin, maybe a nod to Tesla's big investment in Bitcoin or Musk's love of cryptocurrency. One analyst says the new names are a declaration the car company will be a tech company going forward. Another analyst says the new titles are just an amusing distraction. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.